Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Fund Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Jai, and today we have an exciting episode talking around the vital role that small businesses play in community development. And you're probably asking, what does community development have to do with small businesses? And that's just what this episode's about. So we have a great guest, not only because he is a longtime GNEC client, but because he is a Newark business owner, photographer extraordinaire, but also plays a key role in community development. But before we get started, I want to introduce Ryan Monroe. Welcome to the Fund Ready Podcast. Thank you, Heidi. Happy to be here. Awesome. So before we jump in, can you please introduce yourself, you know, explain who you are as a business owner, what you do, where you're from, all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give a very kind of 30,000 degree view of who I am. So my name is Ryan Arnaz Monroe. I'm the owner of three kind of interrelated businesses. So the first being Rarmo Photography Studio, the second being Rarmo Productions, and the third newest one being Rarmo Development. So I'll give a little bit of background of who I am and how I got here and how all three of this came together. So I actually have been doing photography for about 14 years and I was Brooklyn-based and I was doing work out of my studio, my which was in my apartment. And I wanted a bigger space, wanted more space to do more work, more commercial work for some clients. And I knew that Brooklyn just, I couldn't afford it anymore. I, you know, I had a, I had a small apartment that I owned and fortunately bought it at the right time, you know, was able to sell at the right time and, and wanted to buy a bigger building, but couldn't do that in Brooklyn. And I have a lot of friends, a lot of a close friends who've been very politically connected in Newark. And, you know, if I was said for a long time, you know, as a, as a creator and specifically as a black creator, you know, and as a black professional artist, you should really give a lot of consideration to Newark. And, you know, living in Brooklyn, which was very comfortable, I'll be the first to admit that Newark was great to come visit and hang out, but was on my radar initially to kind of live and work. And I, I regret feeling that way now because had I knew what I knew then, you know, things probably could have been a whole lot cheaper, to be honest. And so finally, probably about 2017, 2018, I started to really give this some serious consideration. And I had made connections through some friends here with some real estate, local real estate agents to start looking at properties. And I found a perfect property in the lower Broadway section that, that I was able to purchase and, you know, rehab that property, turn it into my little commercial studio. And Rarmo Photography went from being, you know, a small studio of just myself to being in a building that actually, you know, houses more space. I quickly realized two things, that there was a need for space for other photographers, other videographers, other content creators to have, you know, space to, to do their own recordings and shoot their own films and, and, and capture their own products. And also, too, you know, it did make sense for my space to be for just myself, right? So, you know, you can, as a small business owner, absolutely have a brand that's yours and you have your storefront and you do your thing. And that is fine. But it's kind of hard to have a stakeholder model if people feel like you're – well, so let me say this way. It's hard to have a stakeholder model in two ways. If, if you're an island of yourself, you don't have a community around you. And also, too, if your community doesn't see you, then your community isn't there. And I was really intentional – when I moved in, because I, I purchased an abandoned building that I purchased outside the downtown corridor, which, you know, if you're from Newark, you know, that's kind of historically, that's where people think of arts and creativity, but you need arts and creativity and culture in the neighborhoods just as much. And I wanted to make a very concerted effort to reach out to people in my neighborhood and say like, you know, hi, I'm here. 
you know, hi, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not some scary gentrifier. I hate that term, but you know, I, I want to be about this. And, and what was very interesting is that when I first, you know, was in my building and getting set up, the, the response was very positive. But I got there was two responses that I think about till this day. The first was from a a, a woman, you know, an elder. She was walking with her grandson. And my studio is located on an MLK Boulevard. As she was walking by my building, as I was doing some construction, she comes in and you know says hi. And I told her what I do, and she's like, "This sounds so sounds so cool, but why are you here? Why are you in this neighborhood? Why are you not downtown?" And you know, and I said to her, "I was like, no, because your child, your grandchild, your you know, is deserving of seeing art and creativity done by people who look like him." And she was like, wow, I just never thought of that. She's like, this neighborhood, you know, this neighborhood has had fair share of issues and fair share of crime. And I never would have thought to see this. And, you know, God bless. Then there was a young man who walked by my building, you know, probably a couple of weeks later. And he he was like, what's going on here? He's like, I've walked by this building for years. You know, he's like, I grew up in what was the former, I think they were called the Columbus Houses, which were projects. They were torn down. And, you know, we still live in the neighborhood. And I was like, you know, I, I bought this building, you know, I'm setting up my photography studio here. And this was a black man. And he was aghast at the idea of another black man owning in his neighborhood and owning in Newark. And I was like, yeah, I own the building and, you know, I'm here and, 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 and I'm happy to be here. And I share all those because both of those were sort of the early signs of the importance of like building community, right? So it's not that that woman I needed her to purchase photography services or anything. I just wanted to simply know that I'm here um, and that, you know, I'm here and I'm trying to provide positivity, but then also with this other young man to show that, yes, there is a, there's a different model. And, you know, there are, there are, there are black and brown men who want to come into the neighborhood and do positive in neighborhoods where that has been sort of a challenge. Right. So 2018, things are going great. You know, business is going great. Uh, I connect with Genek. I connect with Genek initially early on uh, because I I I was obtaining a loan for my building to purchase, and the lender that I was initially going to go through one uh, they required technical assistance, and so they referred me to Genek, and you know I built a relationship from Genek from there, which was really great. And so you know I just appreciate Genek because I think that's awesome. It's it's very important for people to understand that when you're when you're obtaining loans, when you're obtaining uh, small business financing. It's not just getting a loan. You also need assistance. You also need sort of a, a backstop. You also need support to, to help you uh, have all the tools and resources available for those loans. So 2019 is going well. 2019 is going well. And then the pandemic hits. And, you know, the pandemic affects everyone, not equally, clearly, as we saw. But, you know, Newark arguably was hit more hard than most places around. If you think about the demographics of Newark, if you think about the historical legacy issues in Newark, you think about the lack of access to all the things that are prevalent in Newark, that it just unfortunately makes sense why Newark would be so heavily hit. My business was affected. I wasn't a I wasn't a essential business, so I had to close my doors. So I had to close my doors and there's no revenue coming in. You know, you're thinking like, look, I've invested all this money in this dream. You know, I have I have a business that's built on people being in here, people renting my space, you know, social activity, and none of that's happening. And so, you know, where GNEC really came through for me early on was that I needed, I needed working capital. I needed money just to keep the bills paid. Even if money, even if revenue was not coming in, I just simply needed money to keep the bills paid. And GNEC was the first lender to, to give me a loan 
you know, and it was it was not traditional underwriting. You know, at most loans during the pandemic early on, just to keep businesses afloat, were not on traditional underwriting because they couldn't have been. And I was very appreciative of that loan. And that loan not only helped keep my doors open, but it also to help me to be able to continue to support the community in the ways I could, you know, be able to spend dollars as a business owner, you know, supporting other businesses. It helped me, you know, I, I didn't have staff and I don't have staff, but, you know, I had, I had a, I had an intern who would come and do some work here and there and allowed me to still be able to pay him and allowed me to do other things. I was just very appreciative of that. And then getting that first loan from GNEC definitely helped set the tone for other grants and other resources that were out there. And so, you know, during the pandemic, I start to have this idea too, like, well, what is the pivot? You know, I don't want to go away from photography. Photography is always my number one love, my number one passion. But what else have I done? And I've always done a little bit, a little bit of video work here. But I started to realize in the pandemic, more clients, more existing clients, and more people wanted videos. They were either, you know, doing podcasts or, you know, they were, you know, they were creating a product or they were simply doing something with Zoom and they needed video work. And so I've always done video work ancillary to my photography business. And I was like, well, you know what? I should actually have another vertical for production because ultimately we're eventually going to get past this pandemic. Ultimately we're going to get, you know, to the next thing. And, and you know, and I, I've always been a storyteller. And so the production aspect came because I want to have my own production company so that, you know, during the pandemic, we were creating, we were creating content through Zoom. I was like, well, I don't want to have a middleman. I just want to be able to create the content and then have a place to distribute it. Um, and, you know, I was working on a film and wanted to have my own production company. So that's how the production aspect came. So the production aspect, I would say, is just simply is, is, is integrated with the photography. And so, you know, things have been going well with that. And, and then I've often thought about what's the next. And so the next is that, so I've already had a really great impact in my community at current. There's way more impact I want to have. But, you know, production is a very big focus in the state of New Jersey. Film production, I'm sure if you've seen, if you've been in Newark, anywhere, you see film crews out, you know, you see film crews in every place now. And there's a lot of big name studios that are coming to New Jersey, which is great. But I also think that's very important for, you know, independent filmmakers, independent producers, independent content creators to be able to have a place where they can do their stuff. Because the reality is, you know, with a, a Netflix or, you know, or Lionsgate come to New Jersey, that's going to be people who are already employed with Netflix or Lionsgate. That's not a bad thing. But, you know, you need sort of a middle space where what if I want to, you know, what if I don't want to work for Netflix? What if I don't want to work for Lionsgate? But I want to produce my own stuff. I want to be able to be adjacent enough where I can somehow, you know, get my content connected with them. And so the past year, I've started work on another project, another development. And what that development concept is called is the Oscar Deveromi Show House. And Oscar Deveromi Show, for anyone who doesn't know, was the first Black feature filmmaker in the 1920s. So before there was a Spike Lee, before there was, you know, you know, all the other ones we can think of, you know, you know, Hype Williams, et cetera. Mr. Michaud was creating films for us, by us, with us. You know, think about the 1920s. This is a Black man. There's no, you can't go to a studio. You can't go to a major place. So you have to create films from churches, creating films from the street, creating films from your apartment. And so this project that we're working on is meant to be an ecosystem where it's going to be live, work, and create. So we'll have space for film production. We'll have space for movie production. We'll have a co-working space, you know, so that imagine, you know, an independent filmmaker and an editor can be working there together and like, hey, let's work together and let's create here. And then we'll also have affordable apartments, a part of this. And so that is kind of the next. What the idea is that, you know, everyone can have ownership of their own economic 
entrepreneurial economic endeavors. And however you want that to grow, you can grow it, but then you're doing it in community and together. And I'm just a big believer that, you know, we can't exist as islands of one and we have to really work together, especially people of color and people who have been marginalized historically in this country. The idea that we can do it our, on, our, on our own is, 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 is false. But then also to the idea that we can do it on our own without actually tapping the resources that are available and tapping the goodwill that's available and tapping the knowledge that's available out there that comes, you know, from the majority in this country, then, you know, you have to be able to do both. And so, so that's where I am now. And, you know, everything I just really do is, is truly about community. People often think that I am rich. People often think that I'm making a ton of money. I can tell you that having a, a, a photography studio in the middle of a formally, well, a, a, a formally, maligned neighborhood is not a profit center. It's, 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 it's not a passion project because passion project implies it's temporary. I'm not doing it for the profit. You know, the next project I'm working on, as I said, we're talking about affordable housing and having affordable space for, for creatives and you know, content creatives to have space and do not about profit, just about having a place for people to do things. And I'm just a big believer that when you operate in that model, you operate in that model from a very genuine place, that everything works itself out. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not doing these things to make myself rich. I'm doing these things because they benefit our community. And we all have stories to tell, be it through photos or through videos. And if I can simply create space and provide space for people to do that, then that's absolutely going to have an economic impact on their own lives accordingly. Absolutely. I think, first of all, congratulations for you know putting yourself out there, especially moving to Newark and really understanding the culture that Newark has, but also believing in the potential um, as well. And you mentioned so many great things around, um, you know, being the example of, hey, I own a business and I'm a black man and I'm here and I'm thriving, but I also want to make sure that people see me because they, so they can get to know me and they understand that I'm part of this community. And I think that's super important, especially to any type of business owner. You know, you are in a unique situation where, you know, you are your whole business model. You know, it changed. It came from just having, you know, photography and, you know, you're taking photos, you're having a photo studio. That was that. And then it kind of escalated um, for the needs of the community while still holding your mission into, you know, having creative spaces and outlets and, you know, all that for, for the community to use as well. But let's take it down to like, Obviously, you know, when you first started, again, Ryan was a photographer and had a, a photo studio. I know that your motivation in doing certain things like that for the bigger picture, you know, to be involved in the community. But what were some small ways that you started, you know, yeah. being involved in, in community? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a couple ways I'll answer it. So I've often I will also acknowledge and give full disclosure that I'm I'm very fortunate to maintain a nine to five job. I consider I say that to people I have a nine to five job and I have a five to nine avocation, which is also a job. So, you know, having a nine to five job has made it so that I'm not so concerned with the money I'm making with, you know, photography and video endeavors. I mean, I need to make money, but but that's not the number one thing. You know, I think that early on, so it's funny, the way I first started really getting into photography was that, you know, I living in Bed-Stuy, I had a lot of friends who were opening businesses and, you know, businesses need, they need great shots. They need great, you know, portraiture. They need great shots of their, of their food, of their items, of their clothing. 
and their products. And you know, these are friends. I was like, I'm just coming and just do it for you. I don't, you know, like I'm not charging anything. And this was early, early on. And honestly, this was early on while I was still cutting my teeth. And I think that's what's also very important for people to understand is that you have to pay your dues. You sometimes have to start with that job that's only paying $20 or paying $25 an hour, then eventually get to the job that's paying $100 an hour, $200 an hour, or thousands. But the idea that you can just kind of walk into anywhere, any application and just say, hey, you, you should pay me X. That sounds great in theory, but you kind of got to start. So I had no problem cutting my teeth. And then, you know, then I started doing a lot of work with the Dollar Media Group, which is a parent company of City Guy magazine. And that was paid work where I was, you know, getting to shoot events, tourist events, you know, with concierges and seeing different sites and learning different sites and they're making connections. And then, you know, you shoot one event for someone and I'm like, well, hey, I saw you were the photographer for this. Can you do this? Can you do this? And I, I gained a lot of work there. And then, I, then within the concierge community in New York City, they start to trust me as like the go-to photographer to really get things done. So so, you know, yes, the dollar media group work was not very high margin, you know, and then the work, you know, shooting events, you know, for concierge is typically not hard margin. But what is hard margin is that, you know, you have concierges who work at five-star hotels. Well, they have these very wealthy clients who like, we don't care what we need to pay. We just arrange it for us. And, you know, a couple of these major hotels, they're like, look, let's work out a contract. And this is what, you know, this is, this is your fee for service and won't be, you know, won't won't go up, won't go down. And that was more high margin. Coming into Newark, first, funny enough, one of the first things I did that was gratis was GNEC used to do this, this, this fundraiser breakfast. And, and I, I was asked by, you know, the former leadership, hey, we have a favor to ask. Like, you know, it doesn't pay, but could you come in and do our photography? And I said, I don't care about payment. Like, you guys have already done so much for me. Like you guys have, you guys, like the reason why I ultimately got the loan that I got to buy my building was because of the technical systems that you guys provided and, you know, and the help with, you know, formulating my business plan, the help with, you know, getting my numbers right. So I'd be more than happy to do this. I'm like, this doesn't cost me anything. You know, I, I live around the corner. And so I just went to, you know, the GNIC breakfast over at, at NJIT. And it was, it was amazing because it's like, you just, then you see the impact of what GNIC does. And I have had the fortune of doing a, a fair number of assignments for different nonprofits. And some are paid, some are gratis. It's, there's no hierarchy. But when you're capturing the work, when people are passionate about something and their impact, that really makes a difference, right? And that really matters. And that you can't put a price on that. You can't put a, you can't quantify for me, at least the feeling of knowing that these images are helping, you know, propel the mission of a nonprofit that I really care about or helping propel the mission of a foundation I really care about, or just simply helping a cause. And, and, and I think that yes, while you have to, you know, you have to make a living from your, your, your passion, your, your craft, you know, your business. You have to also realize that there's times, and, and, you know, and, and it's subjective, there's not a right or wrong, but there's times you have to realize it's not about the money. You know, in case of point, I mean, you know, GNET could ask me to shoot anything gratis and I would, you know, but also to, to your credit, and which I appreciate, GNET has actually hired me for events that, you know, that, 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 that were paid. And I've given my all for the paid versus the, the gratis because of the relationship I have. And I just think that, you know, I think that, it, that, when you, when you go into business and if you're really truly about community, if you're really about that life per se, you have to just, you have to use judgment in that, 
it's not always about the dollars and cents. And I'll share something like that that I think about too. During the pandemic, you know, we all had our struggles. We all we all had our ups and downs. And my studio, I have a I have a ghost light. You know, like in most, if you think about like like if you like walk by a theater, if you walk by like a like a concert venue, they usually have one light on, and it's called the ghost light. It's kind of gives the this is the, 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 the I think the, the the meaning behind it is it shows that there's still life in here, people are here, blah blah blah, but it's not fully on. They always had that light on because I never wanted my space to be dark. I always want people to walk by and see the the paintings. I want them to see you know the 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 the, the portraits. I want to see the photography because so many spaces in our communities tend to look like prisons or they made to feel like prisons. They have bars, they have gates, they have this, they have this. And I don't want my space to look like that. I want my space to look and feel like, okay, this is inviting and this is warm. And during the pandemic, I just wasn't in my studio a lot for all obvious reasons. And I remember the first time coming down, you know, to just do some work for myself. You know, I just, I just was like, I was, cause I was, you know, above my loft. And so like, I just want to just turn on the lights and just, just, just do something, pull out my cameras. And I'm not even going anywhere. And one of my neighbors, you know, knocked on the door, you know, I, you know, for, having a distance, of course, because it's still the pandemic. And he just said to me, he's like, I'm just so happy to see your lights on. He's like, you know, like, he's like, you know, I, I unfortunately have to still get up and go to work every day, you know, and that's a whole nother thing because he's a first responder and he was an essential worker rather. So, you know, there was no, there was no working from home. He had to get up and go to work, but he's like, I've always just liked walking by and I like seeing, you know, seeing the art and seeing the lights on makes me happy. And you know, think about all that we're going through during the pandemic. You think about even early on, we're just the grief and the misery and the pain. And to hear my neighbors say that, like that really meant the world to me because, yeah, as I said, this is not someone who I'm trying to charge for anything. It's just simply someone who just, who I, who I know is there. I've seen, I've waved, you know, like, you know, he, he won't throw trash in front of my building. He'll put it in the trash can. But the fact that, you know, he's seeing it just, it just, it shows you just never know who's looking from a positive place. Right. And I go back to the fact that, yeah, everything just can't be about dollars and cents. Because when we make everything about dollars and cents, then everything becomes transactional. And everything becomes transactional. It's really, really difficult to build sustainable relationships that 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 you're going to need. And sometimes the relationships are not about the person who's paying an invoice. It's about the person who really has your back. And it's just making sure that, hey, I haven't seen Ryan in a week. Let me go knock on his door and make sure everything's okay. Or, you know, I noticed that Ryan normally does this and does this. And I haven't seen him in a while. So make sure he's good. Because, you know, you are still a person, you know, behind the business or, or in front of the business. Absolutely. I loved all the points that you made because throughout these episodes and talking about business ownership and the technical side of things, like the key thing that keeps coming up is networking and partnerships, relationship building, building that type of trust, not only with your customers, but the place that you're working in. I think it's yes. important, even if you know, some people may not have the luxury to, you know, do free things, but maybe it's like a small service that you offer to yes. school or things yes. like that. So I just want our listeners to understand that, like, it's just the small things that you could do. You can even do, if you have a service, like charge 10% off to students or like yes. things like that, like just for one day, um, depending on what your business is, you know, find unique ways that you can contribute back to the community. So then people understand you and know oh, I, I'd rather go to this pizzeria that is yeah. ran by Karen versus going to Pizza Hut because yeah. I know that she's going to take care of me and, you know, we can use her for other things. And then it also helps your business long-term because I stopped by Karen's shop the other day 
And I like her pizzas better. So I suggested it to my friend for her kid's birthday party, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Things are a ripple effect and building relationships is not a waste of time. Like we understand that, you know, building your business is like your baby and you want to focus on, you know, making an income. I mean, that's why people have their businesses. They want to make money, but this is part of it. And it's an essential part of not only, you know, giving back to the community, but you're also the more money or relationships or essential that your business becomes in that community, the more pivotal it becomes for the community's economic development long-term. Like we know that Karen's pizzeria is now because of all the business that she's been getting, she has 40 new um, customers a week or something like that. And she's providing four more jobs and all that stuff. And that's just like the long-term effects. And I think people really need to understand that it's not giving things away for free. It's not doing these things. It's a long-term um, relationship building with the community that you serve because essentially you Absolutely. still serve them. Right. So Absolutely. Correct. Correct. You know, and yeah. I just want to add to that. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a quick interjection. My apologies. To that. I, you hit on something very valid and something important is that relationships and community. So, you know, in a place like Newark, in a place like everywhere, but a place like Newark, you know, circling our dollars is very important because that just has not, that there's been a lot of institutional barriers for that to happen. And we're, we're now finally in the past decade getting to the point where it's like, okay, let me think about business A, business B, business C. It's not just myself. You know, when someone rents my studio, and there's been many times that the, the most, most of the people who rent my studio for videography or film or photography work typically don't live in Newark, surprisingly. They come from other places. Well, these places, these people, they come in, they may not have ever been to Newark. Hey, can you, hey, I'm here. Is there something to do? Absolutely. Why don't you go visit my friend who owns a restaurant in Ironbound? Why don't you go visit my friend, you know, who has a restaurant, you know, has a clothing store on Halsey Street? Why don't you go visit my friend, you know, who has, you know, you know a vintage shop on Halsey Street? Why don't you go do this? And then, you know, that person is not just coming in and leaving. They're actually then spending money in the city, which is creating tax revenue, which benefits us all, right? And then they're, they're having this positive experience where they're saying, hey, I had this perception of what Newark was. I had this perception of what this place was. I thought it was scary. I'm coming here. I'm seeing it's not scary. I'm seeing that there's a lot of beauty. I'm seeing it's a great place to create. And I think that's very important, right? And also, too, I think that's very important that, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you, when you operate from, you know, when you operate from this model of together in community versus singularity, it just makes it so much easier because you know someone's thinking about you, right? You go to a good restaurant that you like, you have a good, you know, you have a good rapport as a business owner, because typically as a business owner, when I go to other places, I like to introduce myself to another business owner, meet them. You know, it's never about telling them what's bad. It's because, you know, sometimes like, you know what, hey, like you did this well, just appreciate you. Hey, I'm a business owner. I see you. I'll tell other people support. And and you never know where that business owner is going to be. Like, oh, hey, I remember. Yeah, Ryan. Oh, you need photography. Yeah, here's Ryan's card. Or I remember there's a guy who does photography, does videography. Or there's a guy who makes a really good pizza, or a woman who makes a really good pizza. And those things matter. It's like that's that's how you really circulate the dollar. And and I think that for especially communities of color and marginalized people, that that's important because that's how we that's how we get economic self sufficiency, right? Like you know it, you know. It, you know, it's never going to come top down from a big corporation. It's always going to be from community up. And the more things we can create in our community where they're surviving, they're thriving, not surviving, they're thriving, you know, they're, they're, they're producing income, you know, they're, 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 you know, able to, you know, vend with other businesses, they're able to employ people, then that becomes one more other person that then has the ability to control their economic outcomes as well. And I think that every business owner, like I know for me, I can't speak for business. So for me, what's been my greatest joy is that 
you know, and my business still has its struggles. It's like, there's some months where it's like, okay, you know, it's been great. And many months, there's many months, right? Oh, okay. Well, so I don't know what's, what's going on here, but you know, you just keep pushing. But I now I was able to promote my studio intern into my studio assistant. And granted, you know, it's, it's, it's 1099 contract right now. And you know, the hours are consistent, but he appreciates it. Cause he's just like, look, he's like, I went from your intern. I've learned from you. And now this is the guy who I truly trust you know, who, who does photography, does videography as well, studied this in college. And I'm entrusting him to like, you know, Hey, I can't do everything by myself as a business owner. You know, I can't, I can't do every photo gig. I can't do every videography gig, but I trust your eye. I see what you're doing. I see your passion. And there's some things where it's like, I can't do it, but you can do it. And, and I, I personally have been very blessed here in Newark because a lot of my business has come from networking and working with, you know, nonprofits, foundations here. That's not my majority of my business, but what I would say is that a lot of my business comes from, you know, you know the people who lead GMEC, the people who lead other nonprofits here, you know, Vest Newark, et cetera, where it's like, you know, hey, we're a connector and this all benefits all of us. Like this, this never does have to be about the I. And I think that's just one, what I personally believe is really the most important thing about being, a, you know, a, a self-sufficient, sustainable you know, net economically net positive, beneficial entrepreneurs that it can't always be about the I. When you make it about community, and it's not about charity, it's not about just giving away, but it's like when you when you when you put the needs of the community first, the community is going to respond in kind and you will be just fine in time. Absolutely. And I really appreciate your time, Ryan. Like you um, are a huge advocate from all the work that you've been doing with your business um, and also helping um, with some of the community development projects that you've been working on. Um, before we end, I would love to shine a light on, you know, what it is that you're currently working on. We always know that there's always these community projects going on. Um, would you mind talking about your experience working with the NJEDA, the New Jersey. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I would. So thank you for, you know, for highlighting that, Heidi. I, I, so to take, uh, so the, I, the development project concept that I mentioned before, the Oscar Devereaux Michaud house, you know, I, I've during the pandemic, I made a great connection with the NJEDA because they, you know, provided a couple of grants and, you know, I just realized that this is the engine, you know, the, the, the EDA is a, is a economic engine for, almost every entity in the state of New Jersey, uh, profits, small businesses, large businesses. And there was a grant that was announced last year. It's called the New Jersey Asset Activation Planning Grant. And what this grant was, was it provides $50,000 for the feasibility study of a concept. And what that means is that it's not giving you $50,000 to build a building. It's giving you $50,000 to prove the feasibility of the concept that you're trying to do, right? And this grant, the, the, the condition was that you had to look at land that is municipal owned. So owned either by city, town, or township. And it has to be abandoned. And your purpose, the feasibility, what you're trying to build on it is actually going to be net positive, beneficial to the state. And so real, I saw this grant and I was like, this sounds like a really awesome program, but my co-developer partner and I, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not a municipality. And what was important about this grant. And so without getting too technical, let's say if you own a piece of land 
and I want to build something on it. We just work out an agreement. You sell it to me and it's done, right? But if the city or a municipality owns a piece of land, I can't just I can't just go on the land and start doing stuff, right? I have to have your permission. So I worked with the my team, rather, you know, my my, my co-developer and I, we worked with the Newark Department of Economic and Housing Development with Deputy Mayor Ladd. And we proposed this idea that we wanted. And, you know, she affirmed that our goal with the Oscar DeVromi Show House hits all these buttons with, you know, with, you know, Mayor Baraka's plans, you know, with the, you know, with the most recent Newark 2020, Newark 2022, forget the year, then you have the community redevelopment plan. So it just really was aligned. And through her, her gracious assistance, she said that like, okay, if you guys do the work to find land that's owned by the city at current, you know, we will, we will sign off on a letter saying that we give the authorization for you guys to move forward with this study. Understanding that that doesn't bind you to anything, doesn't bind us, it just says that we give that authorization. So we got that authorization and we were, you know, we submitted our grant and the state of New Jersey gave out eight grants and our project was one of them. And our project, what really, sometimes I have to take a step back and think that. So, so think about the state of New Jersey, this is a big state, a lot of things going on, they only awarded eight grants. Ours was the only one awarded in the city of Newark. Ours was the only one awarded to a non-public entity. So the other ones went to say, like, you know, like, you know, like a university who was looking to develop something, you know, the, you know, Meadowlands, like an entity that's looking to develop something. And because of us working with the city, we're able to get this done. And so it's that, that, that grant is giving us $50,000 to start the work that we're going to have to do anyways, you know, and that happened because of the relationships made with the city relationships made with NJEDA. And I think that if there's anything I could say for any business owner of any stripe, especially emerging business owners, there's this kind of weird notion of, oh, I don't need anything. I don't need any, I don't, I don't need to put my, I don't need to put my hand out. I can't ask the man for any money. I, you better <laughs> like, and, and, and you also, but, but, but beyond that, it's not just about asking, asking for handouts. It's about being prepared. We could not have gotten the grant from the NJDA if I did not have taxes done by my tax, you know, my by my tax advisor yearly. We couldn't have done this if we did not, if we if if my businesses were not properly filed with the state of New Jersey. All the funding that I've gotten from the NJDA could not have received without being properly licensed in the state of New Jersey. The funding that I've gotten from GNEC could not have gotten. If I didn't have a proper bank account, if I didn't have documents, if I didn't have tax returns, if I didn't have all my financials, <laughs> and all these things can sound really daunting as a small business owner, because maybe that's not your knowledge, that's not your skill set, but you can work with a with 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 an organization like GNEC, where GNEC can say, hey, we don't need to know all this. We can help provide you the tools, or we can provide you with the connections you can do this. But the, this, these things are so vitally important, and I cannot emphasize that enough. With any any entrepreneur, especially young entrepreneurs who I speak with, and I said, what is the best advice that you can give? I would say that the best advice I can give is that you need to make sure you have a good tax advisor, you have a good CDFI connection, which is a community development financial institution, and you have a good connection with a nonprofit whose job it is to empower and provide knowledge to small businesses. And 
GNEC covers two of those three, at least. <laughs> and I'm sure that GNEC can also refer you to a good tax advisor if you need one. And those things matter because that, that those you, you cannot survive because because as a small business, it takes a lot of money. It takes and a lot of the money typically comes from debt. Uh, the reality is it's not grants. It's, it's debt. And that's that it is what it is. And it's okay. But you cannot get those things without having the right connections in. And and it's 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 admirable to think you can just, you know, sign a lease, open a store in a building, pay that lease every month and just be fine without having the knowledge, but that is not very common. And it's so important for you to make those connections. And I think that I just I just emphasize to everyone. And there are many organizations, but you know, GNEC just happens to be the one that's top of my mind and closest to my heart. And honestly, it's the one that's most accessible. You know, there, there are other organizations, you know, Invest Network tends to be a little bit more larger business, a little bit more established. You know, NJDA tends to focus on, you know, much more bigger, you know, the bigger corporations here. So there's a place for everyone, but 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 GNEC truly is a underutilized resource. And I think that more entrepreneurs, well, what we're seeing it, more and more entrepreneurs are understanding the value. But more entrepreneurs who are just even thinking about it, like even if you're just thinking about, hey, I want to start a business, I would say don't just listen to what people are saying on Instagram and saying, hey, I could be a boss because I'm posting $3. How about you just actually reach out to GNAC and propose your idea and and let, you know, let let an organization that has experts to say, hey, that sounds like a good idea, but have you done competitive analysis or have you done this? Or are you aware that there's already five ice cream shops in that same block? Are you aware that you know this may be a not the this may be a more expensive place to lease versus others, and then you really get yourself set up. And I, I think that more smaller entrepreneurs or emerging entrepreneurs and small businesses need to think about that because it's always this oh, let me learn it on my own, let me do it on my own, let me figure it out on my own, and that's why eighty percent of small businesses fail within their first two years. Absolutely, and I just want to say. Quick side note, you know, we did not pay Ryan Monroe to advertise GNEC. So I just want to, you know, say thank you so much for, you know, plugging that in. We really, you know, we love what we do and we're here to help. And if we can't answer your questions, we know somebody who will. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for the powerful messages that you said today. We want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights on it. The key things that we've learned today is that you don't have to do it alone. The common theme for every single small business owner, if you're out there, whether it's community development, branding, et cetera, you don't have to do it alone. Just do your research, network, partner. That is key to the growth of your business, as well as, you know, developing your community and being a part of it. Thank you again, Ryan, for sharing your insights and importance of why small businesses are essential to community development. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fund Ready Podcast. We'll be back with more valuable insights for small business owners. Until next time. And just remember that if you're fund ready, success is just around the corner.